Good evening. You're listening to Loved by the Water with Mike and Christy. For the next few moments, it's just going to be my voice. I am introducing a pretty unique episode in the in the spirit of spontaneity, vulnerability, transparency, flowing. I curated a situation where after four days being apart from each other, Mike and Christy being apart from each other, uh, for travel purposes, being in Florida and having to get back to Pennsylvania for some time, just me, um, after four days of being apart and not talking much, um, we, Michael and I, had uh, a lot to catch up on. And I came home and I actually caught something in Pennsylvania that caused me to be coughing and runny nose and land in Florida all boogered up from Pennsylvania winter for just four short days. Anyways, as we were catching up, um, because we're used to, we work together every day, we see each other every day, pretty much all day. And so to be away for four days, we had a lot to catch up on. And at some point, I realized I could stealthily turn on the recorder on my phone. And so I did. And at the end of, oh, maybe 90 minutes of of intensive catching up, I told Michael that I turned the the audio recorder on. And I won't share this part, even though it recorded, but he was quite delighted that I did because some of the topics that we covered um, are things that he may not have ever gone to in his mind had he known we were recording. So this is the episode in which I believe we'll get through, maybe I might have to do this in two episodes. But I'm hoping just to deliver um, a few clips, not the whole 90 minutes, because there were some parts that we just had to edit out for privacy reasons um, and or just because it didn't make sense, like we were rambling on and on and it wouldn't have been helpful. So yeah, so uh, just a few key context points here. First. Yeah, we were catching up after four days of being apart. Um, We, uh, the way that we catch up can be very, uh, both highly intellectual and it can also be very deep, deeply emotional and processing and we both you know, are aware of and and make light of and are cautious about how some of our catching up can often feel like we're in therapy. Um, and, you know, that could just be the nature of how he and I are designed. Um, and, but, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some treacherous waters involved um, in having therapy between um, two people who are involved with each other in their everyday lives. Um, but we generally bring 
a heart and mind of uh, a grounded mind, a maturity, and a supportive, um, unconditional kind of loving space. And so sometimes you might hear us talking about things and, uh, you know, I listened back to this episode this 90 minutes of recording several times to be able to chop it up into bite-sized pieces uh, to be able to share here on Loved by the Water so that we could have a true, genuine, flowing experience where mm, it wasn't in our minds, or at least in Michael's mind, that anyone was listening. And it wasn't in my mind that anyone was listening because I didn't know if I would use any of their recording. Um, And so as I was listening to the episode, there were a few times where as I was listening as a third party uh, consumer, wow, she said that, or, oh, he said that, or, or he didn't say that. Um, I, I realized that, um, you know, and I'm, I'm processing like right now in the moment, just how many social more slash norms and cultural programming are coming through in my contextualization and disclaimering of um, what you're about to hear. And I just wanted to give some context there um, and not give you my laundry list of cultural programming, but uh, just share that I had reactions to listening to this, some of these audio clips, and therefore you might have reactions. I am able to calm my reactions by just being like, oh, well, that's how Michael and I, that's how we talk. You know, we can be very intellectual and we can say things that might evoke defensiveness in the other. But I'm hoping that what you hear is that um, in some of these clips that defensiveness wasn't evoked um, because the way that we're having this dialogue is both highly intellectual and also deeply um, our our deeper energy and our emotions are involved um, and and we're talking about them without being immersed in them um, so that we can continue to hold a steady ground and process forward um, and you know there are certainly times that we get immersed in our energy together and um you know that could take on that could take all forms of things it could be sitting and crying together it could be making love it could be getting into fights right like when the waters get really amped and they're really charged with whatever energy is presence present and you just kind of get carried away in the flow of those of the the shape of that water but in this dialogue and in this kind of like catching up session we were having, um, we were not getting carried away by the shape of the water. Uh, We were holding a very strong container for each other to process um, both both things on our minds and things that were growing and developing in our hearts, our spirits. Um, And I will say that Michael was, was offering more of his personal um processing at the moment and I was just in the background I think I have edited most of it out but I was in the process um of my own process of 
you know, he's just holding space for me coughing and blowing my nose and um, being being caring and sweet, but also not getting not getting distracted by just how um, yucky and loud and intense I was sounding. But hopefully for uh, listeners, I have edited most of that intense yuck processing. And I don't say yuck to, to demean. I say yuck because it's just like, it sounds thick. Um, but, um, you know, I also completely admire the body for its ability to process. I admire ick. <laughs> that's, that's just the bottom line, I suppose. Okay, so yeah, so um, maybe just a little bit of setup here. Um, Michael was wanting to do some processing about the book that we're reading together, some experiences, some social experiences he had um, while I was gone, and it it got us talking about um, originally, which is not in this, we were talking about money systems and motivation and being impulsive versus driven versus spontaneous. And so when we got to the spontaneous part um, is when I started thinking I should turn this on. So uh, the first clip here is um, we're jumping into these concepts of not even concepts, but feeling, feeling indifferent loving detachment, et cetera, and so forth. And so Michael kind of is explaining a little bit of what's on his mind and what's he, what he's feeling. Um, and yeah, so, so enjoy. Um, I will say that in the beginning, it feels kind of shaky. Like, it's like, oh, I don't really know where this is going. Like, what boat are they on? Um, but it goes to some pretty interesting places. And I will have some check-in clips of my voice to uh, recontextualize along the way, but we do end up going to some interesting places, including homunculus as a metaphor for, I don't even remember what at this point, and if you don't know what a homunculus is, you're just going to have to Google that. Um, and we move on to emergence and Michael shares something that he learned from Allison McDowell, and we we end up talking about group formation and the prefabrication of self and preforming self versus performing and being in a lifestyle of impro improvisation. So enjoy the ride, and uh, you'll be hearing from me again soon to check in and to get us grounded in a little bit of context. And one more note before we move forward with the stealth recording, the quality of audio will drastically decrease from here on out as the stealth recording occurred over just a phone placed in between us. So turn your volume up or down where you need to, um, and hopefully this is worthwhile uh, despite the quality of sound issues. Um, and we hopefully we'll be able to share in some resonance of topics or curiosities for you to follow. And here are the topics. I have a, um, 
I have a strong relationship with that family of indifference, loving detachment, shutting the door and walking away from someone. It's all the same thing. Mm. But it's just a continuum. And so loving detachment, I've always, whenever I've read like spiritual stuff. What are on the, you said continuum, so what are on the far ends of each? Like loving detachment. Is on one end, and is what's on the other end? Uh, Shutting the, the door on someone? Yeah, like being able to like, just like, um, so it's like you're s- dead to me. soft and hard. Right, soft and hard, light and dark. <laughs> okay. Um, and archetypically that's Gemini Moon. Like, mm. because, like, that line between the door that switches, yeah. like, that comes really easy, like, the detachment versus archetypically Taurus, which is possessive. Mm. Like, I could have some possessive qualities, but mm-hmm. that's not my dominant quality. My dominant quality is, like, I can walk away from this. I know. But that's, like, a, a detachment, so... That scares me. Um, Did you hear me? Yeah. That scares me. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Um, so. When you oh, said, but so you're saying that you are feeling that towards like profession, your astrology profession. So it's interesting that you you talk. Well, you just brought up indifference, and I'm like, okay, I know that that's something, which is an easy note for me to play. Like you know, because there's a value to that. Like, I can probably with awareness and self, um, and holding my field in such a way that I can. I can move from like, like detachment, I'm gonna shut all this money away because I don't need money and I don't need any of the stuff that comes with it to like uh-huh. a more healthy, like loving detachment. That, but it's the joy, finding the joy. Okay, so you're saying you can manage the indifference because mm-hmm. that's like a Gemini moon thing that Something, you know how to- I'm familiar with that. You know how to massage that energy to have it move in a way that will be helpful. I'm more, yes, I'm more skilled with that with that energy. Okay. Even if it's a even if it's a result of burnout related to money systems. So, um, cuz you're saying like you even know how to manage indifference around I think you brought up well the burnout what you were talking about with with the burnout to me is kind of more in the field of joy. Like Okay. So, okay. Like, so like you could look at it from other perspectives, mm. but if you were holding your relationship with whatever it is you're burnt out from the place of joy and in a balanced way, so you're not putting all your energy into it and you're, you're depleted afterwards or you're doing it for the wrong reason, um, that's kind of... People often mistake excitement for joy. Mm-hmm. Excitement is more along the lines energetically of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And joy is a much more... Like a lot of the things that we're reading in the book Desire, joy is much more of a like open kind of, uh, it, this energy passes through me. Mm-hmm. Whereas excitement is I stand up and I need it and I'm like, right. you know, a hyper dog. I've been, th- I, in my mind, <clears throat> I did, I, like our time apart, I've spent considerable, I haven't read Desire, but I have been thinking about this stuff. Oh, which, um, meanwhile, I wish I would have taken the book with. <laughs> yeah, isn't that fun? Maybe I just needed it around, but one of the things which I've, one of the areas which I've been thinking a lot of and like kind of dissecting was the difference between spontaneity and impulsiveness. Mm. 
Which is, it goes along the lines of what you were saying with desire versus addiction. Desire and addiction, um, but at least from... So I think a person reads that book, and then each person comes to that book with mm-hmm. their own unique field. So like it's going to speak to me maybe in a different... Like how I'm going to interpret some of this stuff will be different from someone else. Spontaneity and impulsiveness have to do with like excitability. Um, spontaneity and impulsiveness have to do with like that the in my mind what I was thinking about it and particularly impulsiveness is what you're talking about is like meeting something with excitability mm. meeting it like with with anxiety mm-hmm. um, I had always the definition or the picture in my mind of spontaneity was spontaneity was fast spontaneous like something Uh, happens and what I've been what's becoming clear to me in these couple days was that's not what spontaneity means spontaneity is slow spontaneity is so what spontaneity was like so impulsiveness is fast impulsiveness mm -hmm. is like excitability impulsiveness is um uh so, in martial arts and in airplane f- flying and all this stuff, you create, you put in your body muscle memory. Like you, so that when the time comes, when you need it, it just happens. Right. And that's good sponsor, that's good impulsiveness, I guess. But maybe that's also, like how you're meeting a situation. I got attacked with these guys on, with a skateboard and I naturally put my arms in the way which Akito taught me and I blocked it. I never in a million years would have known to do that unless my muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Um, my impulsiveness. Impulse. I think impulse and impulsivity have mm-hmm. two different connotations. Well, okay. But, continue. but without the texture of that word, like the underlying, my impulsiveness is a learned emotional response. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Emotional memory, like I know how to do this. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's mus- emotional muscle memory. Right to meet a situation. So impulsiveness you, is, and maybe that serves you, and may, but usually from anxiety. Uh, like it's excitable, and it's like something happens, and I respond excitedly, and like. And is that linked to paradigms? values around money well it could be well let me let me talk through this because maybe that's where we're going to go with that um because it's the difference what was new to me was looking at spontaneity in a new way because i look at what i'm calling now impulsiveness i would have called that spontaneity like spontaneity is like something happens and respond instantly spontaneous Uh and then i realized like no particularly as it relates to my inner world. That's impulsiveness. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be un, like non-serving, self-protective things. Mm-hmm. To me, the situation just happens. Spontaneity is in every moment that life brings you, you pause and you ask, how do I respond? Or like, you, you don't, spontaneity is not a quick response. It is a thoughtful response with what comes up. It's an organic rising of like life force energy from within to All meet of that. Yes. To meet the thing. All the of that. And so like when I started like changing, I'm like, whoa, that's spontaneity. Like when it mm. says to meet life with spontaneity. Like I've heard that 
Mm-hmm. A billion times, mm-hmm. but I always thought of that as so you always meeting thought it was your impulsiveness. Not realizing that what I was doing was impulsiveness, I felt like spontaneity would be fast and excitable and anxious filled. And I'm like, no, that's not what spontaneity is. It's the complete opposite. Oh, uh-huh. it's slow. Uh huh. It's checking into the body. Uh-huh. It's getting out of the head. Uh huh. Um, like all the things which it says, like it literally says, it's like your foundation is the feeling sense, not your head. Yeah. It also says that mind is everything, which is so fucking, that's why the book is so great because of all these paradoxical mm-hmm. statements. But Well, the mind has, the mind is still the most pliable and powerful aspect of our being. And from there, we came back around to grounding the th- the theory of what we were talking about back into some of the things that were personally on Michael's mind and heart. And so here we go. I'm stuck with, what am I going to do with the starboard? How, like, this right. stuff, all right. of these sort of things. I know, there's a lot of moving parts. And there's an impulsive response. My impulsive response is, like, I just don't want to deal with any of it. But it's also ironically excitement like you get very excited when people express interest but then when you think about all the moving parts that have to go into it there's an indifference you know what I so I think the excitement is foundationally anxiety ah, wow. but whether it's a learned thing or it's authentic and I just think it's I think it's authentic it's just how I meet the world like uh-huh. Like, I see the world, or at least the last lens it goes through, mm-hmm. is so, like, enthusiastic and fun and supportive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of this energy, which starts from anxiety, mm-hmm. comes out. Mm-hmm. And when I see it, it's like, but I'm excited, like, I'm happy about this. Mm-hmm. But it's well, coming. So it's like mixed. So it's like, like the, it's got a really nice coding, but like, and I only know the coding, but it's like, this is me and my own self-discovery, so I appreciate the room to talk this through. Uh-huh. It really is anxious. Wait, so you're putting your hand on your sacral. Right. What, that's the, that's the anxiety, and it's coming through, but it's coded in, because you, what did, what did you just describe? So you said, but you like the attention, or you like the interest, you like the validation, maybe even of when people are interested in the right. the astrology. Like you have excitement. I have excitement. Like you have excitement and indifference. Um, you have the same response. Like instantly, it's excitement, but that is very much followed up, like immediately with indifference, right? You mean right now or historically? Um, just right now. Um. The indifference is probably more textured by, I don't want to do it, and I don't care if I, like, I'm indifferent to, like, whether it happens or not. Like, there was once upon a time, like, I'm driven to do this, and I'm like, I don't care if I do this or not. Okay. That's my indifference. Which is where there could be a healthy amount of indifference, because it's, sometimes it's like, you don't have... In that case that you just described, you don't have any ego attachment right. to whether or not this happens. Correct. You're like, this doesn't have to happen. This if doesn't there's have organic to, right. motivation and inspiration behind it, right. then great. 
but hold on go back to the thing you said you're like I foundationally meet the world with like like a happy puppy but you also are holding your belly and talking about anxiety so where something may begin I like maybe like outside of my own awareness of myself okay it begins as anxiety or discomfort. And let's even tie this into me being uncommonly shy as a child. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the belly you're holding. That's your inner child. That's why, like, whatever that is. Mm. Um, mm. So incredibly observant Mm -hmm. and loved to watch the world. Mm -hmm. But then when it was put back on me, like I, like I did not like, like that was very, very uncomfortable. That's like what shyness is. Like you don't put that attention on me. Um, And didn't you say like you forced yourself to be a performer a lot in those situations? So in, well, I eventually learned it. Okay. So let's go back before I learned anything. Like, let's mm. go back to age three. Let's go. Let's go back to Kiefer Beaver. Mm. Um, I did not know how to. So probably a variety of maybe less integrated drives. Mm-hmm. Um, I love looking at everything because I loved everything. Mm. I'm so interested. That's happy the, puppy. That's the happy puppy energy. Yes, but at the same time, it's like tied to, I don't want to, don't don't look at me, wherever uh-huh, that, whatever uh-huh. the shyness comes from. Right, right. Whether that was organic or not. So how it could not be organic is very early I had a traumatic experience where I learned not to trust. Mm-hmm. So that's that could be the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is, so I have that... And like the happy puppy. So as in the, throughout my development, I learned to separate or to not allow this. Mm-hmm. I allowed this outer shell. I learned, I learned mm-hmm. like, and it was easy because I was a happy puppy. Like it's mm-hmm. easy for me to put on that costume. Well, because it's part, it's very true. It's very true. But I'm also using it as. It's like you've got an Oreo cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, I don't know what your favorite part of the Oreo cookie is, but like the sandwich, like the chocolate wafers, mm-hmm. it's like you have deep down in your sacral where you're holding your inner right. child, you have right. like that cookie. Right. And then, but then you have like a lot of, I don't really like the icing, it's sickening to me. Mm-hmm. That's like the anxiety, it's mm-hmm. just sugar, it's right. like sugar syrup. Right. Fluffed up. Right. And that's the anxiety. And then you duplicate the inner child on the outside again another cookie mm-hmm. for the world to see but you have this like this this white fluffy filling to protect the true inner child so you have a true inner child that meets the world with like we all have a true inner child but you have this inner child that does really want to meet the world with like pure mm-hmm. excitement and curiosity and encouragement and like yay like you want to lick me i want to lick you too but you learned early on that there was something really unsafe in the world for that inner child. And so you developed this like sickening layer of like frosting, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. and then kind of like copied the inner child 
some of the inner child coding on that on the on the other side and that's what you're calling the public facing part mm -hmm. of the cookie so it's confusing for you now as an adult because like you're you're meeting the world with some truth of your being mm -hmm. but it also comes with an immense amount of sickening anxiety mm -hmm. that has caused some level of unhealthy indifference mm -hmm. is that am i all on the flow right track here it's a it's like another way of describing what i'm yeah like what i'm feeling and from the oreo child metaphor michael moved on to finding a keyword that really helped to encapsulate the ease, joy, and spontaneity that he's looking to embody and move toward. The idea of defining joy as ease, mm -hmm. the idea of defining, like joy to me used to mean happiness. No, right. Right, but like like spun up. And so excitement, and then if you pull that down and shift it, it's happiness. Right. Happiness is temporal. Right. And if you pull if you pull happiness down to a, a, the most grounded version of this energy, it's joy. So the this, science of emotions, right. anyways. The same thing is said with my, my how I've been defining in my conscious mind, spont like. I thought of the word, the concept of spontaneity was actually impulsiveness. Mm -hmm. But no, both spontaneity and joy are slow and grounded. Yeah. Are slow and grounded. And that relates to ease. Like you and were that is ease. And that's like, that's what I'm look. that's part of what I'm looking for. Uh. But then there's also this element, um, so there's that coupled with uh, uh, I love improvisate improvisate improvisation improv like stand up um, me, so maybe how i was trying to describe impulsive and spontaneity like this third point is improvisant improv why is it so hard to say i don't know improvisational improvisational so improvisational is really fast like impulsiveness but when it's done well there's like with a, an art and a skill with a great there's something else yeah okay yeah. um Ooh. That mm -hmm. is a, that's a spot I really, really like. And if you have any experience in any type of improvisational art, yeah, like sometimes you get yourself out in the, you get, you go too far, yeah, you get yeah. lost in it. So what you said to me, I think you said this to me, is it's not like, it's not the grandiose yeah. of the move. Like yeah. sometimes like it's less movement. It's the energy in which the move takes place. It's holding play. the energy. It's holding the energy. And so that was like. Do you want improv, spontaneous, easeful, joy, human, express, like just right. all of that. But on the other hand, you've seen the extreme of that. Right. And you were like, that's fine. That mm -hmm. works. But that's not like what I'm here to do. I'm not here to do it that way. And so the things maybe that I've said mm -hmm. in my like extreme Virgo nature is like, 
there is some format. There are agreements. And mm -hmm. even in the spirit of spontaneity, we don't throw agreements out right. the window. Right. Uh, I really want to use the word improvisational. Like, that feels to me like like much... Well, you, you've always said you want to be a stand-up right, comedian. Right, right. Like, like I'm listening to what I'm saying right now, and I'm thinking about what I've said in Unconscious. Um, so I'm finding myself right now, I'm finding myself struggling with creating that form. Mm. And what I'm realizing is like that integration of, there is something about that, uh -huh. impulsiveness or improvisational which I had but what I want to do is be able to bring in and honor more mm. maybe that's it honor more the format mm. or the structure honor the agreements honor the agreements because you you can create a format right but then I think of it like a, like a skeleton. Right. You create a skeleton, but then if you're doing the alchemy of like you're creating a homunculus, right. like when you go and you like do the magic to put the veins on, like the veins are not going to necessarily follow some predetermined structure, but you have the skeleton there, uh -huh. but then the veins come organically. They follow the flow of life force, which is something that's out of our hands. I don't know. I don't know why I know so much about homunculus alchemy, but I have thought about that my entire life. I look at my arms. I'm like, are everyone's veins the same? No. Are the and I'm like, how are how do veins know where to go? And what you just said, like, answered a lifelong question. <laughs> at least her how to frame it up. They unfold like like vines, like like yeah. ivy. Yeah. They follow the natural energy. Wow. Whatever that energy Whatever is. Whatever that is. And it's probably related to the, the geo energy, the terrestrial mm -hmm. energy. Oh, my God. This is the thing. The other day I was looking at your zine that mm -hmm. I made right. from your cards. Right. And remember, I always used to do terrestrial, ancestral, and celestial energy honoring right. at the beginning of Starboards. Uh -huh. I stopped doing that. I totally forgot about it. But I think that that is, those are the forces that shape that shape the whatever vein structure comes oh. over a skeleton okay. is this celestial, ancestral, and terrestrial energies that is wherever a skeleton is, right. let's say it's right here in St. Petersburg, it would be shaped by the ancestral energy of like whatever spirits are here, uh -huh. um, by the spirits of whatever alchemists made that structure it would be shaped, the, the, the organic growth of the veins would be shaped by the energy in the land, mm -hmm. and it would be shaped by the position of the planets at, it, at the inception of the start of the veins beginning, because the veins are blood, right? Like life yeah. force, the waters of being. Right. So anyways, that's what you're talking about. That's what you want, is like, you're like, I'm gonna, I've got to create the skeleton, and that doesn't mean that the veins are going to follow the skeleton's like pre-formatted like plastic version of what like the ninth grade health class mm -hmm. anatomy dude looked like. They're going to rise organically and that's where the improv comes in. Right. Honoring agreements is something Oh, I don't have a good metaphor at the moment. I don't Maybe. even need I don't even need a metaphor like it's it's clear. It's like that's where I think that I've been off. I think, oh, the, 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 the blood 
the life force, the veins, mm -hmm. I think they will automatically, like if you make agreements and you're in a spirit of improv and not impulsivity, you're in the spirit of improv and you're in the spirit of fostering ease and spontaneity and you are aware of agreements mm -hmm. and you are honoring the unfolding of all participants in the journey like river and stars the vein the the veins the blood vessels the flow will work in synchronicity and in harmony say that again more slowly what if it's all what will work together the the veins the growth of the veins the blood that will happen if what is in if what is in harmony or what is they will work in synchronicity and harmony with the agreements with that the agreements. have been set forth as long as those agreements are accounting for and honoring spontaneity ease joy like it's all very high design work from yes. The, from the get-go. That, so, okay. And what I've seen you do is, like, we'll work on high design work, and you'll throw it out the window for the sake of impulsivity. So, so yes, so I want to add more resolution to that. Okay. Um, uh, so, what, what you're saying is definitely resonating deeply particularly the idea of high design work and agreements mm -hmm. where like where there is where there's like a range of viewpoints between you and me what are those agreements and what is the high design work mm -hmm. are different and I think that that re so the agreements to me need to provide I need to be very, very specific. They need to be able to provide room to improvise around. Mm -hmm. And what I, f what I think that, like where we had the, where we saw like how an event went, like mm -hmm. we had the exact same event, we went through the same preparations mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, we just hit that out of the park, you know, like, I think that we struck out or whatever. Like, I've never but, been that but, dumb. But, but like we see it differently. I think it's because what the agreements were in each of our minds may have been different. Like my agreements were much greater. Like my agreement may be like, I'm gonna move you. I don't know how that's gonna happen. Interesting, well, not interestingly, but based on our astrology, your agreements are always like air and fire. Yes. And my agreements are always like earth practical. and water, like practical and like, did we hit the so curves? What I, so what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking me what I'm looking for and where I'm struggle what I'd like to bring right now to this where I am with this astrology group mm -hmm. I'm so I am so, my indifference mm -hmm. is the fact that I'm trying to create agreements that which, don't flow for you right they're like don't like, work they don't work for your air and fire they, they exactly it's like my air and fire is like the the blood the like the unfolding of the mm -hmm. veins mm -hmm. And I've, I'm trying to create too tight of a space. I'm like, yeah. But I need to. It, I need to do something. Like, like you need some skeletal. I need shape. some skeletal, and some of it has to be like really specific. Like, class one is going to be talking about this, but maybe yeah. I don't need to be as specific as what I need to be. Well, so there's this. I've been aware of this since I studied social work. Mm -hmm. Is 
like emergent leadership. Okay. And and um, like the study of groups. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard this like um, form, storm, norm, perform? No. So this is just like, I mean, we spent a whole class talking about this. It's like one way in the study of looking how groups of people unfold over time is first a group of people, five to seven people, they'll form. Mm-hmm. And then form has a bunch of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like a, bu- a bunch of things underneath it. Okay. And then these, so these are overarching phases. Mm-hmm. And then generally what happens next is that a group will go through a storm and you that could be dispute that could be stress Mm -hmm. whatever it it manifests and looks different depending on the group but once they're through that storm a healthy group unfolding will start to build norms amongst each other based on that storm and based on the original form that they took so now with a storm under their belts and with norms to carry them forward now now they they can perform now they can do what they need to do and perform is such an interesting word right because it's going back to form but it's like whatever that prefix per means right it's like now i feel like it's starting to get into the improv world right of of like okay now we can be spontaneous now we're like the troubadours now we can flow and function so allison mcdowell Uh uh-huh when she talks about how they're trying to gamify everything and do everything with like blockchain and their most the control system is most interested in emergent spaces. Oh wow. And how she was talking about and describing it is because in emergent spaces is where all I even think she uses the word spontaneity, like yes. unpredictable. Yes. Like everything is controlled, everything is controlled, but in this one area, yes. this is where something real and natural. Yes. And she's like, they create environments looking for certain types of people yeah. who create emergence because yeah. you can't like AI emergence. Right, right, right. right. Spe- like River and Stars is a perfect example of how we created a high design. Right. And then we also, like, a lot of that design was like, okay, that's just, like, that's preform. Right. And we don't want preform. We want we want perform, and we want everyone to be able to perform. And so we're going to hold this space and host, I want to say host, we're going to host this space in such a way that all energies are allowed to unfold. All of those energies, all of those all beings, being those veins that come and grow over the skeleton. Like this homunculus is the creation of a being of multiple multiple people bringing their life force energy together. So from, from there, from that space of exploring formation and field emergence and, you know, touching on the river and stars as a space where Michael and I put a lot of intense design work into that event, what we were calling high design. And then we were talking about how we saw the field, the magnetic field of the people that that came, um, how that unfolded and how it created its own field that we couldn't have designed that, but we created a a space design 
where, and I, we went on to talk about this more, but I have to cut it out because we were talking specifically about the specific people in the group and we don't have their permission to be talking about them publicly. Uh, so, but we, we went on to discuss how each of their energies that we couldn't have planned or designed because we didn't create them and we didn't create the unfolding moments of their being, um, but we created the, the design of the space. And then even within that space design, we threw a lot of things out that would have limited the unfolding spontaneity of what the weather brought for us, what the timing brought, what each person brought, all, all of those different dynamics. So we went on to discuss that a little bit more, um, and I cut that out for, you know, the specific names that were, were brought up for, for their privacy. Um, but from there, we, we started going back to the word perform and preform. And so Michael steps in now with uh, sharing a little bit more about his understanding, understanding, I should say, understanding with himself around the topic of, of when he learned how to preform himself. I learned how to preform. Preform. Preform, perform, preform um, as... I learned how to perform and I've never stopped and I know when I'm performing because I'm like exhausted. Your body hurts. My body hurts. Um, here's the other thing. I go through, I go through crashes afterwards. I go through an emotional crash like mm -hmm. the day after like something like mm -hmm. I'm just like, ah. Yeah, like you're you're overusing and abusing that channel. Yeah. Like you are a channel. Right. And and part of the learning mastery with life is how to how to handle, how to host that channel mm -hmm. space inside of yourself in a way that doesn't burn you out and 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 hurt the the whatever, like the 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 vessel, mm -hmm. the the right, right, the exactly. tube through which the energy pours right. through. Yes. And I would say, with playing that with that word preform perform, perform is artistry. Mm -hmm. It is mastery with life. Mm -hmm. Preform is what a lot of us do. Is that we preform an image of ourselves, and then we play that character, and. And it creates this friction of like, I'm trying to allow true energy to flow through, but I have this preform that I'm forcing this energy through. Ooh. Like this prefab, preform, prefabricated me, preformed me, which we do a lot to protect ourselves as children. And so much of the work that people I think want to be engaged in is shedding that preform mm -hmm. so that they have an actual space to perform the, right. the true flow of right. their innermost like true essence of their being and finally Michael delivers a really awesome definition of all of these concepts that we've talked about from the beginning uh, going all the way back to indifference and impulse to 
the last topic that we touched on, which is preform, um, and preform being kind of the antithesis to emergent performance field development. So here is Michael's beautiful, quick 15 second summary. I encourage you to pause and listen to it a couple times. And here it is. Impulsiveness is an excitable, anxious, energy reacting to stimulus through a preform. Yeah, wow. Learning spontaneity, learning spontaneity is being able to catch oneself to in when stimuli occurs. Uh-huh. Taking a pause. Mm-hmm. You know, check whatever your technique would be, and then <clears throat> reacting with purpose. When you just stood there like that and touched your chest, it made me think of allowing a pause and a space to to this. You said stimuli. A stimuli sends off a frequency, and then taking a pause to like really feel that reverberating inside your body. And if it's excitement right if it's like that if the initial response is like jumping out of yourself that that to me seems like a, a signal to actually spend another pause okay because <clears throat> part of the preforming conditioning that we have um is very much to just continue to jump outside of ourselves that's what anxiety is mm -hmm. so if i'm hit with a frequency that causes me to want to jump outside of myself then I should take an extra pause right. and feel that even more. So Michael and I continue on kind of like playing around with the embodied sense of response and, and checking our energy and consciously being aware of how the energy, how we meet stimuli in our environment via the energy in our body. And so we, we go on and on. I didn't want to bore, bore you with that as we kind of drilled down and went, went really specific on that and kind of repeated ourselves. Um, but we got to this place where we were discovering the embodiment of silence and coming back to a quiet place inside of ourselves before ever even coming to a response. And then... I realized this. Not everything has a, a response, which is very much against our conditioning. And that concludes the slicing and dicing of a 90-minute stealth operation to capture a spontaneous conversation between Mike and Christy. And I happen to have Mike here with me now. And so, in the end, despite not having heard the completed product of my grueling hours of editing, this difficult uh, quality of, of capturing conversation, how do you feel in the end of all of this about having been a part of a, of a, of a stealth spont spontaneity operation? for the sake of loved by the water.
I think that what you captured is probably going to be the most honest representation of our communication. Mm. Because, I mean, we always try to be honest and transparent when we record here, but at least from me, uh, it'll be the most honest from me because I was unaware. And I, I wasn't sure if I would use any of it, but you, you're right, I was aware it was being recorded. Um, I suppose, you know, how we do one thing is how we do all things. And this is indicative of perhaps you being a step or two ahead of me. <laughs> a step or two ahead of you in what? I don't know. You knew that that was being recorded and I did not. Oh, I don't know anything more than you at this moment. That is correct. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Any final words? Um, that's, this was a lot of fun and I am, have not heard the fully edited version and I look forward to doing that. Okay. Just like the listener. Okay. All right. Thank you for hanging in there with us and look forward to a brand new topic and series of conversations as Michael and I begin to discuss in what we're going to call season two or three of Loved by the Water, the ruler of water, which is the moon. Right. So looking forward to continuing the Loved by the Water chats at, um, as we move into uh, topics around the moon and consciousness and astrology and tantra and all the typical stuff. That's all for now. See ya.